0: I'm here with Benjamin Vu, a.k.a. Benny Boy. What up? Hey, let, let, let's see the hair. I was just with you two nights ago, and you had a full head of hair. Then look it. T- let's see it. Let's see it. You. challenge Monk. <laughs> hey, let me rub it. Let me rub it for good luck. Is that going to get me canceled? <laughs> Don't appropriate me. <laughs> Dude, it looks like back in your uh, high school days. Yeah.
1: Sandy said that I look like a lot, a lot younger like 21 you
0: do look younger i
1: mean i like younger in general
0: but what made you do it
1: i don't know i got tired dude i pay like 35 bucks per haircut and i did the calculations like you know i'm stingy now so I'll like
0: i wouldn't say stingy you're you're being smart with money management and and we'll get into that how yeah. how you've come to find investing and mm. you're smarter with your money 35 bucks how often were you getting cuts two times a month there you go and then adds
1: up times 12 is like 700 bucks of like a year around that so damn but um no i figure too like it's less on my ego it's just one less thing with the worry about I don't
0: yeah like my hair and shit the hair because you got the good hair days the bad hair days i mean yeah dudes still go through that too you know what i'm saying just buzz it yeah all right man so you went through some shit a couple years ago In regards to something that was completely out of your control Mm -hmm. where an adult had a direct effect on your life Mm -hmm. where literally I'm not going to name drop but she changed the course of your entire life Mm -hmm. and I think at one point correct me if I'm wrong like you're obviously hostile and angry about the situation rightfully so but it's led you to where you are now and has opened up all these different pathways and I'm just super curious to, to hear more about your mental journey, having that life changing experience, right? You know, where you're a young man trying to make the best decisions for yourself and your future and your career Mm -hmm. and an adult fucked you over. Yeah. So just, just break it down. Beginning to end. Like what happened?
1: Um, I may be backtracking a couple of times, but to start off I mean I was trying to be trying to be a firefighter and um I was kind of doing that my entire life from 18 to about 21 that's all I did that's all I cared about busted like my ass you know volunteering 24 hours at the fire station working at care that's an ambulance like service and uh going to school full-time but um so, just was, like, I, I got my first uh, background with Los Angeles Fire, and um, I'm a pretty honest guy, so I literally write down all of, like, my jobs, and um, um, she had me work as a CPR in- instructor. Granted, I taught, like, one or two classes, but it, it's still, like, under my impression, I like worked there.
0: Yeah, a relevant experience. You know. Yeah,
1: so I put on my background. Um, turns out, sh- uh, she told me she didn't file me for her taxes. I, I didn't understand like too much at the time, but uh, she just told my background investigator that I was never there. Like, so I got like interrogated in my in my background.
0: Gotcha. Okay, yeah. So you had the relevant work experience, mm-hmm. and then. Give me more of a timeline of you are starting to apply to different departments, mm-hmm. and obviously you're going to put down relevant work experience, mm-hmm. and they obviously follow up on those references. Oh, yeah. When the department spoke to the owner of this company, mm-hmm. she went on to basically flat out lie saying that you were never a part of that, that yeah. company, correct?
1: Yeah. I don't, they don't share the specifics of what they actually said. I think f- just for like, that makes sense. For yeah. Like legal purposes. So I don't sue them. But all I know is that she denied me ever like being there. Wow. So but you had
0: proof too, right? Didn't had, you have emails? You had, had uh, pay stubs under my IDs.
1: Under my impression, I had proof. I'd, I had my instructor e- email and on, on on the website, it lists me as an instructor they asked me for tax info though. I I didn't. I, s- I told them I didn't have it. She paid me cash. I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't so think that I needed it. So it turns that's out. That's a key point. So, so yeah, she
0: was paying you cash under the table the entire time.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think much of it. I was eighteen, nineteen at the time. Gotcha. Um, so I ended up losing that job offer, from L.A. And then fast forward, I got. Another job offer with Orange County Fire, um, and turns out like same deal. I mean, I was honest; like I put it on there because the the background investigations follow you. So I put it on there. Same deal. They contacted her. She lied again. I I tried talking to her like again, but she just told me that like you didn't work for me. Stop
0: stop contacting me about this. And wow. Okay. So. You put it on the the first department you said was with L.A.
1: Yeah,
0: so you had it as relevant work experience. Mm-hmm. Did you hear any backlash about uh, the dishonesty, uh, like the situation with Los Angeles department? I got backlash. So, so you from you, heard, me. you heard you knew that that was what was being disputed. That was that was. So what, what made you that. what made you put it on the Orange County the second time? So I was under the
1: impression that backgrounds follow you and that if they found it on a different background, they would ask, why doesn't it, li- why do, why did these two backgrounds
0: gotcha. inconsistent are like different? Yeah. So
1: that, that's why I like, put it on. Sure enough, again, I, I tried talking like to her. I said, Hey, like they just want to know like if I was there, like that's it. Th- like typically they don't ask too many questions. They'll just ask like, were they there? Like, would you hire them again? Yeah, that makes sense. They don't ask any tax stuff, but she didn't see it that way. And then, sure enough, like, I lost that job offer too. That one really hurt me. Because OC
0: would have been Orange County a plug, was like. dude,
1: that's a good department. That was my dream job, or my dream, like, department. It was back at home, big, like, department, pays great. Which city would it have been in? Or, or- you, is it just Orange County, Orange County
0: allocation? Oh, okay. They
1: serve like a. Like, a bunch of cities in Orange
0: County. Gotcha. like,
1: you know, like, I don't know, like, think about,
0: like, Tustin or... Okay, so, yeah, I don't understand the structure. Yeah, but it's... Necessarily, but... Like, it's all over. All of Orange County. Gotcha. Wow. Okay, so you actually had conversations with this lady on -hmm. the back end who... Another piece to the puzzle, too, is this was one of our close friends from high school. His mother.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was and yeah.
0: N- no I'm not talking shit or throwing any shade at him obviously. He it was out of his control and I mean, I'm sure he wants what's wanted what's best for you and his mother at the time. We hear these stories with a lot of contracting work where people are getting paid under the table. So, how are those conversations on the back end? You're a young man. Mm-hmm. She's an experienced businesswoman, quite wealthy already at the time yeah i she's basically telling you to shut like shut your fucking mouth guy yeah, like she
1: she's just basically saying like get out like like i didn't claim you like i'm not trying to help you like just get out of here like, like pretty much wow um I, I, like a, as far as her son goes i mean again like looking at it from looking at it now like i've i've come to a good place about it but you know he was in a like an impossible like situation like help yeah. a friend who's telling the truth or your mom. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm not uh, even entirely sure if if he vouched like for me, like he wrote like the letter to the background investigator saying that I was, but I don't know if he's truly sent that. I'm just going to take it for face value that he he, he did. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, it just I didn't get the job offer after.
0: So. Okay. Okay, so fuck man. It sucks, especially at yeah. the time like you're obviously, how many years later now? When was this for a timeline? L.A. was about when I was
1: 21. That's that's when I got that uh, conditional.
0: So that would have been 2015? Yeah, I think something around there. I'm like bad at Well, you're timeline. 26 now. Yeah. So yeah, it would have been like 15-ish. Yeah. And then how many months later was L.A. to Orange County offer?
1: Orange County was about a year and a half, like around that point.
0: Gotcha. And, and what were you doing in between still EMT like in that world?
1: Yeah, I was doing that. I was uh, volunteering at a fire station as a volunteer just, and working at CARE and tr- just trying to pay with the bills and then going to school full time. So I was like busting my ass, even though I wasn't really sure. Like I was just going to school just for the just for the paper, just to show on my resume because that's all I wanted was to be a firefighter. So when that kind of got like rip, ripped away, I was like lost. I was just like, what the fuck am I
0: doing? I, I mean, I can imagine you're, you're one of the fellows in high school that's already mm-hmm. starting your career path and busting your ass to better prepare yourself and g- get one step ahead. Mm-hmm. And the uh, rug was pulled out from under you. Mm-hmm. But after the second offer was declined... What was your trajectory? So did you get another offer or what, what um, happened?
1: No, no. Like, those are the two um, places that I actually got far enough into the process and made it to that point. Most of most of the places I applied to, I, I didn't either get past, like, the interview or didn't get past, like, the chief's interview. So, okay. like, there's a lot of phases that you have to go through. Talk
0: about the, the hurdles that you have to jump through. So So what's that process like? To get to that that final, uh, yeah, that so, final look. So typically for like a fire
1: fire job opening, you gotta go through a like written test. Um, that's where they take the highest score. So whether you go into a place where they give out a, a test, or you take a private test on like your own time, and then you have those scores. Um, when you apply, they take those scores. They they rank you from A, B, B, or C from the top ones. And, then, and they take the top ones first for the interviews. And then they kind of work through that order. And then from the interviews, they take those people to the chief's interviews. And then from the chief's interviews, they pick, like, like uh, bands again. So wow. like So you're always ranked in each part of, like, the process.
0: Do you remember how many applicants you were facing
1: oh, at dude. any given time? Orange County was at least, I think, like, they had... Like, three academies from my list, which was, like, 50 people per academy. It was, like, 3,000. Wow. Just for, I think it had to have been at least 3,000 for for just those spots.
0: That's wild.
1: That's why I was pissed, like, when I made yeah, it. Yeah, it's like,
0: rigorous. I mean, you you far. made it through all those filters to only have this one element. I mean, we can only assume it was that main element that kind of broke. Yeah. Broke the camel's back and didn't get you in the department. Yeah. So after the OC job was declined, you said you continued to like still volunteer and whatnot because, mm-hmm. I mean, we were living together. You were still You, you were still volunteering. Yeah. I remember you were Tuesdays. gone all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you were still putting in so many hours. How many hours per week again?
1: Uh, at least 24 from the volunteering and... 48, 48 one week and then the next week would be 72 hours. So at least 72 hours per per week.
0: And you were doing that for how many years?
1: Like, shit, I think one, two, three, four, five, like about five years. Five years. Yeah. And then like when I, when I came like to school, I think towards my senior year of, when I was at Cal State, that's when I kind of backed off and went part time at care mm-hmm. and then it le- and it freed up like my time but about that so I was like I was running on no no
0: sleep a lot. I remember dude you were um you were mobbing you you were putting in a lot of hours still trying to fulfill that dream of becoming a firefighter like you had so many volunteer hours under your belt, yeah and flash forward 5 years now and you you're no longer pursuing that field.
1: Uh There's no, I'm not at this point right now. Um
0: I am not. Um L- let's um sorry to cut you off. Let, let's talk about that transition there so Orange County gets denied mm-hmm. and you're already at school. What was your major at this point? Um it was communications. Com with yeah. the emphasis in anything, yeah, it
1: was like public. It was like something with the public uh, PR. I wasn't sure, I think I think that PR yeah, uh, public relations. Yeah, okay. I, because I was thinking about oh, like yeah. I could use this to talk on the news about like incidents. Mm-hmm. I, it was just like a bullshit like degree. I I just wanted it like to look good.
0: Yeah, but no PR is um you could apply it. I started off PR as well yeah. and then transitioned to advertising at the same at the same university, Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. Um, okay, so. You're a calm major. When did you start noticing the shift in your mindset from, I don't want to stereotype, but we've spoken about this before, like mm-hmm. the police firefighter mentality, you know, it's very, it, there's a lot of commonalities, you know, amongst the personality, like the people that are going to pursue that kind of gig, you know? Yeah. You started transitioning more into – like a psychology type of field a type of vibe like you started noticing but yeah. you still wanted to service people mm-hmm. but potentially in a different way so mm-hmm. to talk about whether there was some sort of moment where you just realized this is what I want to do or was it books was it different materials that kind of led you to the new direction of um of psychology and whatnot right um so Pretty long story. Um,
1: I just kind of found my major by luck. So I was a com major going into school. I was kind of lost. I was like, I don't really like this major. I didn't get the job offer. So like, let me switch majors just to do something that sounds kind of cool, right? And then someone told me about human services. And it's like a kind of like a middle ground between counseling and uh, social work. So I did that. Someone told me that, it's cool like you get to talk to people you get to learn more about yourself i i mean at the time i didn't know what the, that meant but i was like
0: this was a major you're saying human services yeah. gotcha so that's okay. what i
1: changed my major to okay um and that's kind of where the whole change process started um one of the core classes for that major was a course called character and conflict so that basically it just um it's not therapy per se but it's like a a, a therapeutic experience. Like you're set up in groups of like, I think uh, like seven or six people with uh, two people. That's kind of leading led the group. Um, And it's just to build like self-awareness about you. And then, and then the, the uh, professors kind of like the kind of helps kind of guide the, the exploration. And um, it wasn't until that point where um, he was pointing out stuff that I would be doing. So like, um, behaviors that I was doing, my thought process. So, um, so I started to realize that a lot of my life, I was like a people pleaser, you know, like a a lot of this stemmed from my childhood and then the ways that I adapted. So that's where I kind of learned the stuff about me. So like the reason why I even chose fire was because, um, I didn't feel like I was enough of a man. Like I was too weak and that was something that could give me, like, value. Everything that I did was for a purpose, was to get attention or to make myself feel better, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I kind of traced it back, you know, like, with my dad and with my mom. Like, um, she, they had a rough time like together. He was on drugs a lot. And then that caused a, a lot of tension. And granted, she had her place in that or her fault there too but I mean as a kid you just see like your dad kind of like drugged out and so you think that all, all of like the problems that are going on are like his fault right so um she would she would kind of make this um she would kind of push me like to be better to not be like him and I had this like this negative view on him and and like um, just not be, just try not to be a bad person. So I like, I, like a lot of my motivations was to be better than him. So it w- wasn't coming from a, from a good place. It was coming from a place of like spite, like I'm going to do this because I'm not going to be like you. Wow. A- and then like a, a lot of those, uh, cause I remember a lot of those arguments when like it would kind of go crazy and I, and I felt like I had to protect like my mom, like he was never physically abusive like to us. But uh, I, I felt like I had to do something, but I was too scared. Um, so that's where, like, the weakness mentality came about in, like, in me. I felt like like I wasn't worth enough, like I wasn't, like, strong enough. Uh, like uh, like Like, a lot of things I chose to kind of put the armor on, like being a firefighter, getting a motorcycle, you know, like, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. On the surface, like, it looks like, oh, like, he's doing something good, but deep down. Why was that? That's what my professor kind of probed out of me. He, he was he was smart enough or not smart enough, but he was experienced enough to like point those things out like to me and let me explore
0: that. Wow. I mean, I I think you're definitely not alone. So many of us uh, were projecting these these different ideals growing up. A yeah. lot of it obviously having to do with our parents and their effect on us. Good or bad. Yeah. Um, but in hindsight, would you say it's safe to say like you don't really know exactly, especially as a young person who's still growing and mm-hmm. you don't know what you're exactly doing in the moment. You're just kind of doing it. You're going off just your inclination in the moment to mm-hmm. get this street biker pressure to go into a certain career path. You're just going with the flow and then, yeah. you know, decisions lead to other decisions. And then here you are. Yeah, but you're not alone. That's um, so many parents, so many issues. Yeah, and in the moment, you don't see the long term effect they're gonna have on your children. Mm-hmm. I've experienced it. Mm. I can go on for hours. Like I'm sure other people can too. Yeah. Um. But as a young adult, I, I think it's super interesting because I've had similar experiences too, where professors whether you believe in the standard college education and whatnot, mm-hmm. there's always those few professors that kind of stand out, at least for me, oh, yeah. and it sounds like for you, that, that really had an impact mm-hmm. on your, your psyche and the trajectory of your life. So mm-hmm. this one class kind of changed you. Yeah, it, it's funny that
1: like, like, I mean, at the time I was like heartbroken. I thought like my life like was over. Um, but I, I had no idea that it was kind of just like the beginning. It sounds like, (laughs) it sounds very like cliche, but it was literally just the beginning. So what I thought was a curse, it turned out to be a blessing. Like, like I wouldn't have found out, like developed that type of self-awareness, you know, like I look around and a a lot of people are kind of just living unconsciously. They're not really self-aware. And that's what that course kind of did. Like for me, it just set the tone to start more work and and developing like myself so I can be a better helper.
0: You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, I've had similar experiences in the philosophy department. Mm -hmm. Just, I I remember going through the paces very much so in high school. Yeah. Very much all about social life and never being a deep thinker. Mm -hmm. But, just going off intuition and where's the party at this weekend? What do girls like? Yeah. I mean, all these different factors, young factors are in high school, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it was finally like through some of these college courses where, shout out Professor Granito at mm-hmm. Santiago Canyon College. Um, he, he was the first philosophy professor that had a big impact on my life to where you just, you kind of start training your brain how to get from point A to point B to point C. And Mm -hmm. beforehand, if you were just jumping to conclusions and not really analyzing your own life, how you interface with the world and whatnot, Mm. those classes kind of reprogrammed how to think, at least in my mind, just to try to be as logical as possible. Obviously with flaws, still being a young man. um, It takes like a, I,
1: I feel like, you, you can hear like all this cool stuff, like, like this, like, like those quotes, but if it doesn't connect with your like emotions, like it, it like it won't stick. Like you can intellectually understand something and then it, it still won't stick to your life because it hasn't formed a bond in you, you mm-hmm. know? So like, like a lot of experiences, like for me, like it didn't stick until, um, like I, I, I felt it like deep down, like inside.
0: Um, you mean uh, so just to clarify you're talking about like a real world experience to where then you can kind of pull the information and quotes and literature and what professors lectures are like and apply it
1: yeah yeah i to mean that
0: real world experience
1: i mean i think the i think the correct term is like corrective emotional experience like that's when the both the intellectual side and then your emotions come like together and and like it really makes sense like to you and you and it changes like your life like um,
0: rewiring your brain almost yeah
1: yeah um yeah it, it's it's uh it's trippy experience i had like one of those um it's i, I mean like going back to my childhood again i don't want to keep going back
0: but no it's um, okay if, i mean if it's relevant to
1: yeah like 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 being older now and, and being able to look back up ob- objectively on the experiences just to see how things are manifested Um, like from my mom's side, like, you know how she was always like kind of pushing me like to be better, do better. Don't be like your dad. Um, I kind of had that mentality that like nothing's good enough. Like I'm not good enough until like, you know, I'm not good enough until like I'm better. But that's like subjective. It's like when, when's better. Right. Um, and like, it's kind of like mixed in with the cultural, like with my mom, like, like you have to perform or else you get punished. You know, like I didn't, like I was horrible at math and it's kind of ironic cause I'm Asian, but, um, um, but I was horrible at math. So I'd always get like, like hit because like, I didn't do a, a good math problem. And granted, like looking back, like she was stressed out because she had to deal with like my dad and then be a like single income like provider. So I didn't know that at the time, obviously, but looking back on that now, that kind of pushed a lot of her stressful behaviors.
0: Because you think so her her motivation was still was she wanted what's best for you? Yeah,
1: it w- it was definitely motivated a lot by fear too and that came out, you know. And it, and it and it kind of like latched on like to me, like I thought I didn't have value unless I performed, like unless I had something to offer, you know. Somehow like it was never good enough. Mm-hmm. But um that's why I like I was needy like in a ton of like with a, with a ton of girls, I was, like, that, kind of, like, the, like, I keep blowing up, the, the, like, their phone asking, like, if, you know, where they at, like, if they still like me, because oh, wow. I was, like, that type of, like, personality, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, going back to the corrective emotional, like, experience, um, I met Tan, um, he was, uh, one of the ones that, uh, he was very nice, like, to me.
0: Yeah, so I know Tan... Yeah. Uh, he, he's one of the homies, but mm-hmm. just tell the the audience how you met Tan and kind of who who he is to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I, I met Tan at fourth and I was part of a uh, Sigma Pi and then he was he was uh Frat like boy. my big. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. I was never I was never Don't in judge prat. me. <laughs> Frat boy. <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding. No,
1: but um like I don't know, like I he was very like nice like to me like he did a lot of stuff like took me out to to a lot of places um like a lot of festivals like i i had i think i'd only been to one festival before then and i didn't have a great time but i went with him um to Coachella which was like my second festival ever but i mean i kind of like considered that like my first cuz i had the most fun there yeah but um uh like i i, I like there was a moment and Granted, it was probably, like, drug-induced. But uh, (laughs) I had this weird personality, like, a very stoic, like, I don't let my emotions show. Because, again, like, uh, my, like, I thought emotions and showing feelings were weak. So I was, like, I was hard to, like, defend that. And um, when I was rolling, it was just, like, all the walls came down, right? And then I just kind of, like, looked over, and I'm, like, why are you doing this, like, for me? like, Like, I was, like... Like, you don't, you don't owe me anything. And he's just, I don't know. He just looked at me and said like, oh, I'm always going to be there like for you. And then we hugged. And then that like it was at that moment when um, I felt like someone loved me for me. Like, like it went in from like intellectual from the, from the emotions and it came together right there. Mm -hmm. And all it took was that. And granted, it was drug induced, but it brought down like those walls. That's
0: okay. That that's super interesting though. It, I yeah. I didn't know that the big tr- one of the big transitions yeah. was when you were on ecstasy at Coachella. Yeah. What what set what set was it? If you Dylan remember Dylan Francis for sure. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday.
1: No way. It was that. Um, it's a very that. That's why it's like I mean people can kind of talk shit about drugs or have their own opinion but for me it it's helped it, it it's helped me like in my life and that's why i've been interested in, in in like a lot of that research that's using that for to treat depression and anxiety and stuff like that
0: MDMA specifically right they, Yeah. i think they're bringing back clinical trials they're i think they're in
1: phase 3 like right now i was i was following uh, one of the it's like a it's like the founder from MAPS they do a lot of the clinical research with uh MDMA psychotherapy. 86.
0: Okay, I was gonna say seventies, but they're back in phase three. Yeah.
1: They um he the founder was on um uh the drive podcast with uh Peter Atia. He's like a he's a doctor, he focuses on long longevity type stuff, but he brings in these these types of people and when he was talking about it, I had just like it was like a couple of months after my uh my Like my first role And I was like all Like I was
0: all over this I was like dude Like what is this stuff Wow Yeah Okay so You, you touch on an important point of Obviously abusing any drugs Becoming yeah. addicted Is bad Like uh, You kind of look at uh, What the ramifications are Health wise mm-hmm. uh, Physically Like to your mental state You don't want to become addicted To anything like that yeah. But You Used it in that one moment and mm-hmm. then o- obviously more times too, but it's not like you were doing it every weekend. You yeah. Know. So to focus on that one moment where it kind of flipped a switch, mm-hmm. like your brain was in a completely different chemical state mm-hmm. and in the moment surrounded by love, being at Coachella, that was Sahara right? Yeah. Just absolutely pumping. I mean, that was an experience that completely like shifted your perspective, you know? So many people have those experiences, whether it's, uh, mushrooms, MDMA, yeah. um, acid, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's, uh, that's fast. I didn't know that. I didn't know you, that's what happened that's with you in 10, dude. I didn't know
1: it at the time either. I was like, that's what I mean by living unconsciously is like, is like you just adopt those behaviors to adapt to. What you had to go through so as a child i mean you 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 had to learn to do to survive during those times you know and then most of the time you adopt those like behaviors and then it and it carries on through your adult life and if you're not aware of it that's what the benefit of like therapy is is that um you get to develop more self-awareness and be able to change it
0: nice okay so you have this experience um, you remember going back to school or having like that mm-hmm. experience, having a, a effect on your decision making, like in the weeks and to come, you know, like, do you remember going back to school? What was that? Yeah. What was yeah. It like? I was just like, I, I don't know. I
1: just felt like a weird connection, like to everyone. I, I, I just felt like, like that type of happiness what like is possible granted like i mean i was still like rational thinking it's like obviously i'm not going to be that type of happy but but all that type of connection and happiness is possible you know it could be possible in like a, a sober sense um but uh things just changed like i like i started to look at just look at all the look at all that like that research just to see like what was about this but granted i mean i was still a bachelor's I didn't know all the signs like behind it. I was just kind of like looking up
0: on YouTube and seeing what was out there. But interesting. Okay. So you are now at a pharmaceutical research agency, correct? Yeah. Okay. So how did you go from, all right. So obviously the fire department is slowly but surely becoming a thing of the past for you, especially Mm -hmm. with, your decision making for a career. Mm-hmm. Um when did you decide to to shift to where you're at now? I'm sure it was progressive, but
1: Right. So so I pretty much I mean I got that job, like uh Josh found me the person that like worked there and kind of got me uh an interview there and Josh uh, Cooley? No, uh Josh Ong. He, oh, he was okay. a he was another yeah. fat bro. <laughs> But um, he got me. He pretty much got me like that job. Told me about it. Um, I I didn't know anything about research besides the, the stuff I looked up about like maps and all that. But um, it's a cool job. I mean, I like it. it. It it has got me involved with the research process, like how it is kind of conducted, in a sense. Um, I think it's given me a lot clearer of a vision what type of research I like want to do, which is more along the lines of maps. But uh, it's a good job, and it's helping me uh, pay for school. You know, is MAPS a uh, acronym? No, uh, MAPS is
0: the organization. I, I think it might be an acronym, uh, but um, I, I knew we pulled it up. But let's hear uh, multi multi uh, multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. So. Okay, so MAPS' highest priority is sponsoring Food and Drug Administration drug for developing research into three four. Do you know how to pronounce it, the MDMA? Methideoxo- no, <laughs> I just say MDMA. <laughs> yeah, MDMA. Uh, assisted psychotherapy for the treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fascinating.
1: Yeah, you would think, like, I mean, with the uh, whole stigma about drugs that's going around, you I mean, you wouldn't think that there is a clinical um Benefit to these drugs, but they're finding more and more research that it's helping a lot of people. And uh, I mean, personally e- experiencing them, um, it's like it literally changes
0: your look, your You're look outlook on life. everything. Yeah. Like, I mean sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. no. Uh, okay. So, r- removing yourself from the stigma, so mm. many of our elders and parents, obviously, with drugs and whatnot, there are a percentage of people that abuse them and mm-hmm. damage themselves and can even hurt other people. But let's turn to the clinical studies with this stuff. If, if you are someone with PTSD that, let's say, was serving our country and put your life on the line mm-hmm. and are coming back and you're, you're s- your brain state mm-hmm. is so negatively, like, affected
1: mm-hmm.
0: that, you know, your, li- your life's traumatic. Like, it sucks. You're not, you're not happy with what's going on. Yeah. The point being, you analyze what the positive uh, the positive and negative effects are going to be. And then you weigh and measure it. If, the, mm-hmm. if we treat this person with this dose of MDMA mm-hmm. and you measure the outcomes, mm-hmm. if it's making his life happy, uh, if it's making him happier, yeah. then who is anyone to judge just because you have a stigma w- with drugs and whatnot? Yeah. I mean, you measure that. That's how science works. Yeah. You measure what the outcome is. And if it happens to produce more good then Why so be it you, it you know out. let the person make that choice whether they want to be treated with it
1: yeah i i mean I, i'm very big on like alternative treatments and stuff like that uh being like that's kind of where when i started to get closer towards graduation i knew i wanted to be a therapist um i was looking at a lot of like the treatments nowadays um, I'm not like anti like medication. Like I know that those you know those uh, SSRIs and stuff like that, th- they do a lot of benefit for, for people who really need it. Um but I do think that our the model that we treat people is very like wham bam done. You know, like they like tell me like your symptoms like give you a script Jesus. for uh for for some pills, you know, and I my model is like I wanna like talk to the person, see the whole lifestyle, you know, how are their, how's their sleep, how's their eating, are they exercising, like childhood, like, like, like let's get a whole picture. And then if we need those drugs, we can give it to them. But people don't realize that like those drugs have, have like side effects, you know? So if we can come from a more like holistic point or like a more natural like point of view, we can we can probably like mitigate a lot of those side effects, but that's just my view. I know that um, I think I, I think I remember like in one of my classes for like abnormal psych, I brought up a question about like 5-HTP like supplementation, and that's basically like the precursor to serotonin. It, it's nothing like there's there's like some evidence that it could help with depression. But um, I remember I brought that up in class, and it was got it got shut down like real quick because it was like, oh, there's not enough evidence. We can't talk about that.
0: Shut down by the professor or fellow yeah. students?
1: No, no, like by the professor. Gotcha.
0: No, I, th- I think there's a time and place for that, right? Yeah. The Five of H HTP But um, I think a lot of people realize that there are negative side effects of uh, these prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they realize the severity until they're caught in the midst of it. Whether yeah. it's from a back surgery and you get started and you can't get off oxies, mm-hmm. which happens to so many people. Um, whether you're trying to treat your own anxiety, a lot of people try to self-medicate, and these doctors mm-hmm. just write scripts, you know, yeah. like it's nothing. I think you touch on a really important point mm-hmm. of making sure your base level – um, lifestyle choices are covered before you start looking uh, at prescription drugs, sleep, mm-hmm. diet, and exercise. Kind of regulating that your body's system to to give you the best opportunity to have a healthy mental state. Yeah. When you're sleep deprived, when you're eating like shit, mm-hmm. um, all these things have an effect on your mental state. Oh yeah. And instead of just oh I'm gonna go pop a pill and make myself feel better, mm-hmm. make sure those those baseline mm-hmm. things are covered you know mm-hmm. and granted some people are just chemically imbalanced and maybe they do need to be prescribed something to mm-hmm. let them lead a happy life i'm not denying that in any way i'm just saying that the focus needs to be on at least the focus initially whether you're recognizing these problems in yourself and you're trying to self-diagnose or you're talking to doctors instead of just getting that script right off the bat cover these base level lifestyle choices mm-hmm. and i mean i mean you can perform these experiments on yourself yeah. S- sleep deprive yourself of sleep see how you feel yeah I, it's not good you know get a good night's rest you feel good the next day how yeah. do you feel after eating a shitty meal in comparison to to a healthy meal yeah yeah it might taste good on your taste buds in the moment that freaking cheeseburger and burrito and don't get me wrong yeah. I'm never going to give those up there's a oh, time yeah. and place for them but when you are looking at how many meals you eat during a week mm-hmm. you want to have the vast majority of what you're consuming be healthy and then have your cheap meals you know how Yeah. when when I'm partying or whatever when we like get drunk and shit it's, yeah. it's I'm not going to crave a salad you know I'm going to go get a burger mm-hmm. but the point being the, the prescription pills, yeah. that's a real epidemic right now.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, dude, it is like a big industry. Um, but, I mean, c- coming back a little bit to a, what you said, I mean, everything in moderation. If you just moderate things, try to keep it healthy, have your cheap meals, like, I mean, like we do. Like, we're not like super Nazis about it. I hope people don't think we're not, we're not like anti unhealthy food or like anti drugs. We're like, we're all about a good balance in like in lives. Anything in excess is not good. E- even good,
0: even like healthy things exactly. are bad in excess. You can still get, I, I've seen, uh, God, what was it? I think it was a show, My Strange Addiction or whatever, mm-hmm. where this guy was addicted to the gym. Yeah. And, he was so obsessed in that same mindset. Let's say if you were craving like heroin or you were addicted to this or that, Mm -hmm. even though on face value, like, Oh, he's addicted to the gym. That's amazing. Yeah. Just being addicted to anything could produce negative outcomes, you know? Yeah. So it, it really is all about the balance. Yeah. And everyone's balance is different. Obviously it's super subjective and everyone's, Biochemistry is different and their lifestyle choices and whatnot, yeah. but just, just finding that, that recipe mm-hmm. in your day-to-day life that kind of makes you happy physically and mentally. And then that point there I think is super important because a lot of people don't realize how they live their physical lives, mm-hmm. diet, exercise, sleep, um, habits, that directly affects your mind. Oh, yeah. So instead of being like, what's fucked up in my head, like, well, mm-hmm. address those physical lifestyle choices and then give yourself the best opportunity to truly be at like a healthy equilibrium, you know?
1: Yeah. I think people don't realize that there's a lot they can do before like seeking like external stuff to help what, like help how like you're feeling, you know? Like mm-hmm. a lot of like what you said, like just looking at your healthy or, or your like Exercise habits, your food habits and, yeah. and like your mental health, and like keep in mind you're not supposed to feel hundred percent every single day, like you're not gonna be this happy go lucky guy like, I know we see a lot of social media stuff like people are displaying their best lives, and it kind of makes you think like, oh, I, you're like, why am I not that happy why do i why do I not have this success like am I doing something wrong but I mean. That's a
0: super important point. Yeah. It's is becoming comfortable with the fact that you're going to be up and down sometimes. Like yeah. you're not always gonna be riding a high That's and horrible. consistently yeah. be there. When you when you're able to to switch your perspective mm-hmm. on the fact that it's okay to not feel okay sometimes, yeah. Then in that moment you can you can reflect on like, okay, maybe why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. And if you can't even pinpoint it. Then just be okay with the fact that you're not okay. Yeah, I I, I do. uh, um, I don't know if
1: it's because of the self awareness or a lot of the. I mean, I do like meditating uh, once a day, 20 or 10 minutes. But um, it's like I have this habit of noticing like my thoughts now. I I notice it very objectively and, and especially like my feelings. So I think if people can learn to just kind of sit with, what they're feeling, you know, know that, that they're not going to feel 100% every single day and be able to sit with it and think like, oh, like, I'm not feeling good. Like, why is that? Let me think about this. You know, just kind of break it down, like, from the, from the top down or from the bottom up. Just, yeah. just, just think about it. And it, it, it doesn't have to be like, I feel bad. There must be something wrong with me. You know, it's, I feel like our body has a lot of, like, intelligent wisdom and it's trying to tell you something. It's trying to speak to you. And it's our job to kind of uh, figure
0: out what what it's saying. Gotcha. So, like, what your individual recipe is to keep yourself healthy, you know? Because there's so many different elements internally, mm-hmm. um, your friends, your family, just all these different factors that have affected your mindset yeah, it's in just, the present. It's yeah. just kind of like... Recognize certain habits that make you feel good, that make you feel bad, and then yeah. just figure just out try what, to grow. Yeah, what what works like for you. It's what works for me is not gonna work
1: for you and mm-hmm. and what works for both of us might not work for the rest of like the totally. city. It's just it's a person to person. That's why it's important to develop that self awareness and then develop that connection to learn what works like for you. So it takes time, it's not an instant I'm still learning what works, like, for me, like, it's not a constant, it's not, like, one time you learn this stuff, and you're, like, oh, okay, my life's all happy now, I don't need to do anything
0: else, totally, I'm always learning, I'm always trying out new, new stuff, and I think, I mean, that's a never-ending process, right, mm-hmm. that till the, till the day we die, I, I hope that I continuously learn, you know, into, in into be, being an elder, it's, um, I, I don't want that process to ever stop, but, I forget specifically where I heard it, whether it was a podcast or a book or something I read, but I thought of it with the last thing you were saying with those internal conversations, you don't realize how many times like you have those internal conversations Mm -hmm. and a lot of the times they're negative and you're being kind of critical on yourself, which is good and bad and you obviously want to check things that you want to fix, but just being able to reel in those those spiraling negative thoughts, where you go to a place like that, you don't need to be. It's not it's mm-hmm. not producing uh, positive outcomes in your life. Just yeah. being able to self regulate those internal conversations and mm-hmm. to just give yourself the best possibility to to be happy. Have you ever noticed that those those internal conversations?
1: Um, I do. I um, like I said, I, I just look at it as um, uh, a like a voice telling me that something needs to change, you know. Um, and David Goggins is all about that. David Goggins, it's like, you know what? Like there might be something that you need to work on, you know. Um, but he was another guy that kind of brought that mentality about, like the, like the if you feel like shit, there's probably something like that's going on that's making you feel like shit. So, so just dive into it very like objectively. It's nothing, like like there's no feelings involved, you know. But uh,
0: well, there are feelings involved, obviously. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. it's that balance between recognizing where certain emotions and feelings might be coming from and being okay with that, but then also diving in objectively and like, what the fuck do I need to fix here? You know? Yeah. But you bring up Goggins. For those of you that don't know David Goggins, he yeah. was a Navy SEAL. Correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. Ben. He he was a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to be overweight at one point. has publicly talked about being weak in the mind, Mm -hmm. and he has developed a system that works for himself, which is very extreme in terms of discipline and diet. And he's very much on the extreme extreme side of the spectrum,
1: but Mm. it works for him. That dude's my hero, man. Dude, look at that. That's crazy. He... I mean in his book uh, Can't Hurt Me is it, it's a phenomenal self-help book. It, I mean we've we've we talked about
0: it yeah, like before. I still haven't listened to it though. It's, Big audiobook guy.
1: Yeah, it's literally like one of the most practical self-help books. And he talks about a lot about his childhood and the traumas that that he went through and how it affected him. Um and how he kind of developed those negative personality traits like getting fat, kind of having a weak mindset, thinking that um, he's not like good enough. Um, and then you see this transformation. So he's almost telling a story and then each chapter is like a challenge for you. Um, wow. It, it, it literally changed like my life. I, I mean, I was looking at this guy's life. I was like, fuck dude. Like I thought I had it bad, but this dude had it bad, came back was a Navy SEAL. Like completed like three other special ops training, like Ranger school and like some other shit too. But dude, it's, he like he motivated me to start like um like the working out type of deal like like there's something in the constant struggle um the constant struggle that strengthens like your mind like that's why like I run a lot and like I kind of get in touch with that um that sense of like this is hard but I'm gonna get through it and I get to practice that every single time I'm like running
0: amazing yeah because I mean you've always been an athlete and have worked out So it's Mm -hmm. not like uh, the idea of physical fitness is new. Mm -hmm. I think he just brought you to the next level, right? Kind of, yeah. It's kind of taught you how to think about it in a different way. And you and shout out to Trent Brockamana, is one of our best friends. Mm -hmm. You guys are now um, running marathons. So you started off at five k's, which would have been what, like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah, and you've progressively, you're you're running marathons now.
1: Like in the course of a year, we did the. I think the first five k was the pediatric. Uh, it's like pediatric fundraiser, 5K. I, I forget exactly, but um, it was about a, a year later. Like we did a couple half marathons in, in like the middle, and then almost a year later to the dot, we did the LA marathon right before the whole COVID stuff hit. Wow. So like right after that, that next week, the whole COVID stuff shut everything down. But uh, we were fortunate to have done the marathon. It was it was an ass kicker, you know. Um, it's amazing though. Yeah, dude, it's amazing what people can do to, like, motivate you, like, to do other stuff.
0: Um, imagine know. imagine how many people he's helped oh, through he, yeah. just publicizing his own mindset and experience. Yeah. I mean, you're just one individual out of all the individuals that have bought his book, listened to his audiobooks, have seen his content online, mm-hmm. have followed him on social media. He He's actively changing people's lives through... His story and yeah. just projecting his mindset, you know, mm-hmm. and if, if you can, if you can grasp onto it and pull some sort of positive and apply it to your day to day life, it's fucking amazing. You know, that's what this is all about. The whole point yeah. is to, to gain insight from other people to try to apply it to your life. And I think he's definitely a character in the 21st century that's going to be remembered.
1: Yeah, I think for, uh, for
0: putting forth that. Yeah, I think
1: my life would definitely be um, in a different place if I didn't have found this book, you know, like just like if I never met you or like, or like anything, like, like we find things for a reason, things happen, you you meet people for a reason, and they change you, whether you want to like, believe it or not, they have an impact on like your life, your job is to figure out what purpose is there for them, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, like every, I mean, I, I, like every, I'd like to think that the stuff that happened like to me, um, was just kind of like a chance encounter, but it, it made me who I am, you know, like I, I wouldn't have kind of developed this new men- mentality if I never went through my past, like struggle. Mm-hmm. I, like if I was raised in a perfect home, I wouldn't have been this guy. Maybe I would have been a businessman. I don't know. So it's just trippy like to look back and just how like every little thing had to happen. Like if one little thing was off, your trajectory like would have been off.
0: Yeah. You know, you know every, there's obviously uh, levels and variance amongst uh, the perfect household, you know, in air quotes. Mm-hmm. Everyone's fucked up. I truly believe everyone has a little bit of. Oh, yeah a little fucked up in them you know we all have our anxieties we, we all face different challenges but it's interesting when a lot of a lot of interesting people that end up having a big effect on the world they come from a life of struggle mm-hmm. they come from these challenges that make them go the extra mile you know what i'm saying yeah and it's uh that's fascinating i forget the exact quote but it's Soft, or hard times produce hard uh, yeah. men. Soft times produce soft men. Something along but those lines.
1: Hard times produce. uh No, what is it? Yeah, hard so times that produce hard, hard men or good men. Good men create. So, uh Good men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. I think it's it's yeah, almost like a cycle. cycle. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's definitely a good quote, but um, well, because think of it. Like if you go through. A life of struggle as a parent mm-hmm. what is the consistent story you try to make life easier for your kids
1: mm-hmm.
0: and sometimes by virtue of cushioning their life mm-hmm. you create soft not as strong-minded people yeah if that makes sense mm-hmm. and maybe that cycle repeats itself well i'm trying to i think there's a way to break some of these cycles though mm-hmm. through just modern ways of communicating podcasting the the ability to just tune into people's lives and whatnot that's not uh being projected by major news outlets and tv stations and stuff but just having real life conversations yeah that we can all help each other and like no do you know what there's a way to be a good um a good i don't want to say coddling but a parent that that's trying to make your life your kid's life's easier, but it's also teaching them the virtues of hard work ethic, knowing that like mm-hmm. this balance, this concoction is going to produce good outcomes. And yeah. obviously no one knows that everyone does the best they can with mm-hmm. their circumstances financially and, uh, with their mindset. But I, I think that just having these open forum conversations and diving into figure out what your recipe for success is yeah. like, that's what it's all about. I think knowing that, like, that, like,
1: someone is also going through something that you're going through, like, it kind of helps you, like, mentally. You're like, oh, like, someone feels the way that I feel. It's not just me. Again, like, social media, it's it's the best part of people's lives. I got to keep reminding not only myself, but, like, uh, other people, too. It's like, you're, like, we're always comparing ourselves. As much as we like to think that we're, like, humans and we're, like, we're, like, so so much smarter, we're, we're still animals. We still, like, evaluate ourselves on hierarchies, you know? So just looking at d- different people, it still affects us. But I think, I think that's why we have that, like, like that human part, like, like our, like the prefrontal cortex. Like, that's why we have that, is so we can um, reel back and think about these things, you know? That's a, that was a gift,
0: I think, it's that... Like prefrontal, correct me if I'm wrong, <clears throat> that's the logical... Yeah, that's like brain, your logical. Right. That side. was the the last part of our brain in which it develops. Yeah, in fact, stem it, to front. Yeah,
1: right? uh, I'm 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 a little bit. I've been learning about the parts of the brain as it relates to like PTSD and or like our emotions and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, we're no experts yet. Um, oh obviously, yeah. but we're.
1: <laughs> I'm just starting like my that, master's program, so take it like with a grain of salt. I mean, we study <laughs> stuff, fact and check then me.
0: Just kind of uh, yeah. reiterating the content that we've absorbed. You know. I know
1: enough to say that like, you know, our limbic system, like our emotional brain, it dictates a lot of like our direction and our, our logical brain, like our prefrontal cortex kind of like helps us get there, helps us kind of like rationalize our like position, like why we're doing things and how to get there.
0: So we're very like emotional animals. Everything and off the bat, that limbic kind of points you. Mm hmm. You have like, and then then use the rational to kind of yeah, justify it.
1: Yeah, um, uh, a couple books that um kind of it gave me insight into this was by Jonathan Haidt. Yeah, there you go. Oh, th- this yeah. guy was on uh,
0: Rogan, Rogan podcast, right? Yeah, he yeah.
1: had he had two books. I heard his podcast, and I was like, dude, I gotta pick up his book. So he had he has two books about um the calling of the American mind and uh, the ri- the righteous mind. So it talks about how our how our morals and in like emotions are shaped um, and then it talks about the coddling mind about like what's kind of going on in society from a social psychologist back, um, background but it's very interesting just to look about or just to like read about the coddling of the American mind yeah I gotta go through a couple times like like these types of books with like jam-packed information I like to read through them twice or twice or three times through just Makes to sense. Re- dense, dense, dense material. material yeah but i mean just the gist is like from here like from what i got was that we we're emotional animals and we use our prefrontal cortex to justify our lip positions that so we sense. think that we're being rational but in reality we have a, an emotional leaning towards some side you know so even like like when someone says some crazy ass shit that you don't agree with and then you have this almost like a like a like a visceral, like backwards, like movement, kind of like, what is he saying? You know? Yeah. Or like when someone's kind of attacking you, like verbally, like, uh, uh, like abusing you, you like, like you have like your defenses up. It, it, it's kind of like a hard thing to
0: describe because I'm still learning about it. But the gist is that, you know, we all feel it though, that We all have it. Yeah. The difference in, you can tell when you're having a conversation f- from a point of logic to mm. your heart's not really racing. It, you don't notice a change in, um, like, the tone of your voice. Everything seems kind of consistent. But then on the flip side, you know, when you get emotionally charged? Yeah. When you usually say stupid shit that you either regret or you're just like, fuck, how did it come out that way? Yeah. You feel You feel yourself go to this emotional place. Yeah. And that's, that's not the best place to hang out when you're talking about complicated issues mm-hmm. like politics and... Um, yeah, you see a lot of that right now. Oh, it, it's... It's, there's so much. There, people are so emotionally charged and triggered, and mm. we got cancel culture right now, and all this different stuff. It's. Yeah. I, I don't want people to, to deny their emotions because I think they have a important part, like of just yeah. being human. And I, I love the um,
1: the passion. The pa- that comes, yeah, like passion, with it. Lo- yeah, passion. I I love
0: the passion behind it. But when you're talking about issues mm. where uh, you're trying to allocate money in a government. Yeah to fund programs that are going to shape millions of lives Mm -hmm. when you're the president of the United States, when you're the governor of California, I, I for one, I think it's an impossible job. It's absolutely insane, but Mm -hmm. I would just hope that our leaders are coming from that place where instead of being emotionally charged, you're trying to come from a place of logic where you want to weigh and measure what, the good and bad outcomes are going to be. Nothing's perfect. Mm-hmm. I don't see that though. I, I don't see yeah. it from our leaders. I, I yeah. definitely don't see it from the majority of the public, especially people on social media that are, that are yeah. projecting these these complex issues, yeah. in almost a poster board story. Mm-hmm. W- when you're talking about the the, the concepts associated with like blm or the trump administration's decisions or how we're dealing with covid yeah there's so many complex elements Mm -hmm. that are just being dumbed down to a single poster board story with some bullet points yeah and
1: you could find literally like i think i think coming back to i mean i want to jump around but um i think that's kind of like the importance again that i'm stressing about self-awareness is it's learning more about your yourself and how you like react. It will give you a lot of strength in dealing with your emotions and how to deal with other people. So, so, so just knowing like the emotional, uh, like, like, like the emotional brain type of deal, you, you would realize that, Oh, like most of the time I'm not rational and I'm not going to be able to see the times when I'm irrational. Most people will see it in me. So just like, it just, Developing that like self awareness, but um, oh man, I lost my train of thought.
0: No, it's okay. Yeah. So let's bring it back to um. When you when you started diving into this this world, and then it, it was Maps mm-hmm. that. So your general direction now is you want to work for ma- the company Maps, or where do you see yourself going after your current job? So. I mean, that's kind of a problem, like, with me is that I want too
1: many things. I know for a fact right now um, I want to do psychotherapy for people, you know, either with individuals or families or groups. Um, I want to do that, but I'm, like, researching or, like, learning about, like, uh, so much other stuff like social, psychology, cognitive, like, psychology, neuro psychology. There's, like, so many fields. I think it's hard for me to, like, really narrow down. I'm just learning more about these the stuff.
0: So let's talk about your master's degree, right? You're mm. you're just going uh, where and then for what? Laverne.
1: It's a it's for psychology. Nice. It's uh with an emphasis in like marriage and family therapy.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing, dude. From helping people through putting out fires and yeah everything that goes on in the firefighters world to you're you're still in the general the general field of helping people, you know?
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I never let any bad situation kind of bring like me down. Like that's one thing that I, that I've known for, for a long time, which is just, just, just keep going, just do something, keep moving forward and things will work out when you take action, you know? Um, again, it's like just every little thing happened for, for a reason. And I never let that stop me.
0: That's uh, amazing. Do you, I remember you um, were saying how you meditate daily. When when did you start? When did you start meditating? Yeah. um, So right about the time
1: I lost the job offer with Orange County, I went back to school. I was still in the early stages of, like, developing that self-awareness, but I was still hurting, you know. I was still, like, I still just wanted to party, just kind of, like, forget about it. So I was drinking a lot, drinking a lot on the weekdays. I I mean, like, you know, like, me and Trent were going out, drinking, like, weekdays, weekends, eating unhealthy food. I just got to a place where I was, like, very unhappy. And um, I just was I, – I I started to feel just very bad, like, inside. Almost like a – like, maybe some people would have a better word for it, but I just felt, like, I guess, like, depressed. I, depressed, I, I yeah. I've never been clinically, like, diagnosed, but I think anyone – could be at some point in in like their life but I knew something had to change um that was when like I I really didn't want to take like drugs because I knew that they would they would have a side effect so um I was really getting into like alternative treatment treatment options and uh meditation like was one of them so uh, that helped me develop like that like that connection between like my mind and my emotional brain and like the thoughts that like come up it's just the uh, kind of like the act of just noticing the thoughts uh, you can probably go on youtube and look at a bunch of different youtubers who describe how to like meditate
0: but gotcha. that's amazing yeah so the word i was looking for was habits when you started doing oh, yeah. these healthy habits so med- meditation being one of them mm-hmm. is there anything else besides what you run how many miles a week now consistently do cardio
1: yeah uh so i do i mean i do five miles i, I try to do five miles a day or thirty miles a, like a week wow sometimes i don't get to <laughs> that i, I i'm I, i'm not Big like grand.
0: just thirty miles a week that's it
1: <laughs> thirty <laughs> I, miles a week <laughs> i don't i mean it i mean i mean that was just a test run for like just to see how it make me feel because mm-hmm. um, i was like testing out like what could i do to possibly help myself like feel better yeah and um so like doing that, eating more like healthier foods and then uh working out. So I kind of like you like you've know me playing around with different diets and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But uh I, th- I think just having a good balance of like the eighty twenty, like eighty percent healthy, twenty yeah, percent un
0: That's what I'm on. Yeah,
1: there you go. Uh but um so as far as like being being like healthy, I, I mean I just make like a vegetable smoothie I have one each day and work out I that f- for the most part has helped me like kind of feel better feel healthier bring my self-confidence up um
0: are yeah you still sorry are you still doing plant-based for the most part during the week
1: no no so um I switched it to just having like a vegetable the smoothie so it's just like basically like one of those big ass like salad yeah, boxes yeah. from like sprouts or something. And then just putting that whole thing in a Vitamix, a couple apples, blend it up. And I just chug like uh, about 20 ounces of that, for like a night. Oh, so you do it at nighttime.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. At night.
1: I mean, it's worked like for me. I mean, that's mainly just to get the veggies in. Cause uh, there's another thing. I guess, uh, so this is more like new stuff I'm looking at, but it's like the connection between the gut and your mind. So they talk about, like, I was looking at, like, like some research that, I like think, what, 80% or 90% of serotonin is made inside, like, your gut.
0: Interesting. So I've heard of this, like, the microbiome and stuff.
1: Yeah. So I, I mean, I was curious about it. I was just like, you know what, maybe, like, the way I'm eating, too, is affecting, like, my moods. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still learning more about that. I, I don't want to give false information out, but, like, I've noticed that at least eating a little bit better has helped my mental health. Mm-hmm. And just working out, um, but yeah, that, that's another that's thing amazing. I'm looking up.
0: Because okay, so let's go through a standard uh, day during the week. Okay. Whether you're intermittent fasting, just beginning to end, what's your diet looking like?
1: Okay. Um, I think it's. I, so I have wake like up, yeah,
0: meditate, breakfast, yeah. When so, what?
1: Yeah, so I usually wake up like five a.m. I do my workout. Uh, come back, meditate. I usually keep it, keep myself fasted. I don't eat usually until like ten, like eight, eight a.m.
0: Okay, Run so like you're up for form. three
1: hours. Yeah, so I, so I like to use that morning just to work out and like read and be calm, and then, and then I eat. I eat like just eggs, eggs and rice. Heck yeah, typical asian breakfast so a lot of people will will (laughs) well that's (laughs) my breakfast too you know you know how much white rice i eat yeah uh but um and then i go to work and come back at five i what about lunch you know oh yeah sorry i I, for lunch i just it's usually like whatever that my mom makes so i'm back at home now because uh i can't afford to move out and pay for grad school yeah yeah yeah. yeah, so all that rent money is going there so it's literally like Whatever she cooks, but my morning breakfast will usually consist of eggs and then oatmeal. Nice. That's it. So it,
0: let's throw it back, though, to when you... Because you were living... We were living together, mm-hmm. and I remember seeing, like, what your diet was. So when you're on your own, though, like... So let's remove the f- the fact right now that your mom is providing lunches or whatever. If you were on your own, you would still have probably that, s- that similar breakfast. But consciously like what are you going to feed yourself for lunch if it was like your choice if Mm. money wasn't the issue you know
1: oh like i mean my typical go-to is like some sort of rice like a white rice brown rice or quinoa and then for the protein it's usually like or like organic chicken or some sort of like vegetable like broccoli i'm a creature of habit so i eat the same thing every single time so i mean it, it if I thought back to when, like, I had a good,
0: like, routine, it was, like, brown rice, chicken, and broccoli. It's gotcha. so uh, carbs, very simple. So, carb, protein, veggie. Yeah. Because that's kind of how I conceptualize my food now. If I'm not having a cheat meal, it's, like, I still want it to taste good, but at yeah. the end of the day, it's fuel. And I know I operate on a, yeah. I operate best on a healthy diet. So, mm-hmm. protein source, carb. And a vegetable. Yeah. And there's many different combinations where you could change up flavors and meat choices, veggie choices. Yeah. But then my, for me personally, that white rice is staple mm-hmm. breakfast, lunch, dinner, you know? Yeah. Okay. S- but sorry to cut you off. We're focusing on your diet. So then you get off work, mm-hmm. dinner, dinner. <laughs> it's, it sounds crazy. <laughs> just, I eat the same thing, dude. Nice.
1: Sometimes I mix it up. Like you've seen me make like a vegan Vegan sandwich with, like, the
0: tempeh, like, like the smoked tempeh with the lettuce. God, that's fucking disgusting. Sorry. (laughs) It's okay. I didn't like that bacon, but. I tried a bite of it once, and I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious. I don't know. It's an acquired taste, but
1: uh, (laughs) but I'm a simple guy. I mean, that was when I was just testing out different diets. I was, like, seeing how it worked. Looked like
0: fucking jerky.
1: I definitely shit a lot, like, when I was on the vegan. Yeah,
0: bro, you were on the fiber train, huh? Jesus, it was, it's I really think, flowing.
1: I think I had like 40 grams of fiber, like today. <laughs> I was pooping a lot, but, anyways, yeah, we'll poop master. Um, but I'm I have notorious for that, yeah. And then I uh, have that veggie smoothie that's right there is like 10, 10 grams of fiber. And
0: stuff like See, that. that's healthy. So, like, I, I like to break down what we're consuming day in and day out just so people understand what it's like to really care about your physique and your health, mm-hmm. the work it takes if you're going to go to the store and shop healthy, if you're going to meal prep and cook healthy. Yeah. It's, you know, like if we post, I mean, I do this sometimes, I'll post a picture of my healthy meal on on Instagram, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like it just magically appears. You know, it takes work. It takes effort into, into cooking and figuring out what tastes good and all this preparation and whatnot it's not like it's just being yeah i think i think that what that's what drives people
1: like away like it's usually easier to buy like the fast food stuff yeah yeah, yeah. and you know it's it's an investment you're you're making an investment in like your health and and obviously like when you're first adjusting to things like it's going to be a little bit harder um but it's it's just like sticking through it like i know how it feels like just to adopt like adopt a new habit and try to stick to it because like there's days where like you really don't want to mm-hmm. either wake up early or you really don't want to work out or you really don't want to like eat healthy like yeah. like you're gonna have those days and if you can just think like those are the most important days where you need to do it because that's where you develop that discipline to keep yeah. going forward you know but that's just my take on it. Because, uh, like, people think that I love running. People think I love running, uh, that I love eating healthy. It's like, no, man. <laughs> I <laughs> right? w- I think one day out of, out of, like, the month, like, I really want to work out. Like, maybe that's about it. And then the rest of the days I wake up. I'm like, fuck, man. I don't want to work out. I don't want to meditate. I don't want to read. I don't want to do this shit. I want to just, like, like scroll on, like, my phone watching ASMR like, videos. That's my God, phone.
0: dude. <laughs> Can you believe that shit? This guy's obsessed with ASMR. I I don't know, man. I love Fascinating. <laughs> I mean, you're not the only one. It's not my cup of tea, but what in the fuck? People think, chewing into the mic. I feel like it, I feel like it's
1: an Asian thing. Like a lot of Asians. Really? Like yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I just noticed a lot of Asians. We can uh, like do it. We can do some ASMR in here. On these. <laughs> no, don't do it. Just like no, that. it's a wrong audience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm uh, but uh, yeah, it's. Enjoy- I wanted to touch on. You wake up at 5 a.m. every day. Or at least when we're not like going out and joining ourselves or whatever. Yeah. Just your standard discipline during the week is five a.m. Yeah. See, that's fucking gnarly. A lot of people don't. They don't have that discipline. You are work. You are working out before you go to work. Yeah. You know.
1: I. Uh, the main reasons for waking up early, I just um want to get more hours out of like my day because I notice that when I'm when I'm up in the morning, that's when I'm like the most productive. Like I don't already have ha- like. If I wake up late, go to work, my brain's already fried from like the work, and I can't focus on the stuff at night. So I like to, so I prefer to wake up in the morning, get all my stuff done. There's like, there's like a peaceful, quiet when you wake up at 5 a.m. No one's really up, so you really get the time to yourself. So That's I really, amazing. like, like even Trent will like bitch at me because he wants to work out like in the morning, but I tell him like, hey man,
0: I'm sorry, it's I want my alone time. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, it's
1: me time. So give me some shit.
0: Much respect, because I—I uh, mean, you go to bed early, so you're still, even though you're getting up that early, you're getting seven to eight hours, yeah, correct? Seven to Excuse eight. Um, sometimes, I mean, it, it's not perfect.
1: Like sometimes, like if I don't, like if I have a hard time falling asleep, I'll go to bed or I'll wake up a little bit later. Yeah. But five a.m. is pretty like standard, like for me. Gotcha. It's so
0: sleep, dude. Super important. Mm-hmm. Who's the um? Who's the leading sleep expert? Matthew uh, the Englishman. Matthew Walker. Walker, The one that was on uh, TED Talks and Rogan. I think
1: it was Matthew Walker. Yeah, yes, that's him. I just got Matthew Walker
0: is the leading sleep researcher, one of them in the world. Absolutely amazing. Uh, He's an English scientist. Go back to the Wikipedia, please. Thanks. English scientist and professor of neuroscience and psychology at the University of Berkeley. So he is saying that there's, like, deductive evidence when mm-hmm. during clinical trials they'll they'll remove um they'll, they'll have a, s- a group of per- people that are getting a full night's rest seven eight hours and then they'll diminish sleep on another mm-hmm. uh, group and they can they can measure mental and physical states mm-hmm. drastically get diminished based on sleep deprivation yeah so um just the ability to like process information it, it has an effect on your mind and body so yeah I think it's so important to get sleep, dude. That, I I yeah. try to get seven to eight every night, and I'm usually pretty good about it. Like I'm blessed that I don't yeah. suffer from insomnia or anything. I I've found what works for me to mm-hmm. have a a restful or uh, yeah restful nights of sleep. You know, yeah. Um, his super his, his Rogan podcast that people want to check it out. You probably get
1: better info like from me trying uh, no, 100%. Like, better info there than for me trying to like r- like. R- recall it but um i think i think the thing that stuck out like for me um from this podcast that like i think i think they like did a study between two groups groups that got a full seven to eight hours and groups that got i think they restricted them to like like five to six hours or something like that and then he said that like the the five to six hour group they had uh, dna damage after like i think like something like after a week it was like nuts I, i was like what the hell that was re- what really motivated me to like start going to bed at, at like seven or seven or eight o'clock or uh, recovery or getting, like, recovery is so important yeah like getting a full seven or eight but i mean if people like want to check it out like he has a book too uh why why we
0: sleep I haven't checked it out but sure he, he talks should. a lot about it in in that he's point. got a ted talks and then also uh jre podcast episode yeah once again his name is matthew walker
1: so like, you can obviously kind of tell that like a lot of my um, almost like lifestyle changes have been through these types of things that I've been learning about off of like Joe uh, the podcast from uh, Rogan. So I adopt like different principles that I hear. I'll, I'll try it out and and then if it works, then I'll then I'll keep it.
0: You know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's important to idolize these people, mm-hmm. and. If you can apply it and have a positive change in your life, why not? You know, we want to idolize These people that are truly trying to change society for the better, you know, just to educate us That's the whole point or one of the main points of of mind meetings. I'm trying To have people on to expand on these conversations and ideas Just to help people, you know, that's the whole point through anxieties to create better habits that's what it's all about. Matthew Walker is definitely one of those people. Mm-hmm. So when uh, when when are you starting the master's program again? Um, What's your s- timeline starting
1: in like the thirty first. So that's about
0: like oh w- of this month. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Oh wow.
1: So I, I have this week, and then that next Monday is like what is the first week of school?
0: Badass dude. All online. Gonna uh, learn a
1: shitload. Yeah, I kind of got bummed out because I was paying a shit ton of money, but we're all online. But, it's, I mean, it's for safety because everyone, yeah, I fine. mean, no one knows who, who has what. COVID,
0: bro. I know. I'm I gonna, mean... I want to have a uh, some sort of... Researcher. Some sort of expert on to talk about COVID, and obviously that's something we um we never predicted. It's obviously always a possibility. Yeah. These little... Killer creatures that we can't see. There's so many different elements. But it's affected all of us. Uh Mother be- Nature beating the dead horse. Yeah. Everyone everyone knows about COVID, you know. Mother Nature can be a bitch, dude. Yeah. She I mean no one could have planned this. Doesn't I give mean, a fuck. Yeah. Doesn't give a fuck. This stuff just happens. <laughs> and w- yeah. And then we obviously have to change our, our lives and mm-hmm. and uh habits and whatnot, but it doesn't matter. Yeah.
1: I think, uh, I think this is just at least a good time for people to, you know, be by themselves and learn more about like themselves, maybe learn, like maybe like pick up some new healthier lifestyle, like habits. It's it's just a good time. Like to just slow down,
0: slow down, reflect. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I've seen both ends of the spectrum. I've seen a lot of positivity, like on social media from people trying to pick up those new habits or having a, a positive change on their life. And then obviously there's a shitload of negative stuff too, but
1: like all the running, I think, I think there's like a ton of people running now. Cause yeah. I mean, granted, like the gyms are closed, but Hey man, like people are picking up running and I think Kyler started running too. Yeah. Our friend who, lost like, like, a lot of weight. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's always good that comes out of it. I know. I think, I think it's very, um, I think I think w- when we look at all the news and, like, all the social media that people are just blowing up about it, like, I think it has an effect on our minds. So if we can just pull back, I mean, know what's going on, but just kind of reel it back. Definitely reel has it back, an effect on it to our us.
0: Mind. The one thing that has stuck with me that I noticed very early w- when the shutdown occurred, the fact that I f- when people weren't forced to go to the office and maybe had more, more free time during the day, yeah. So many more people were getting outside. I get that they were trying to get their steps in or maybe still exercise because we were had stay-at-home orders. Mm-hmm. But the thought I had was when people have the opportunity to kind of like do good for themselves, mm-hmm. when they're not forced to go 9 to 5 and spend their gas tank, per se, or drain their gas tank Yeah. at the workplace, and then they get home and they're like, oh, you know, I'm tired, I don't want to cook, or... I, I just want to chill on the couch mm. when, when they have that freedom of time. I mean, this might just be my own personal experience, but I remember going on hikes, going to the beach, like looking around. People were choosing to be outside. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to say one with nature. I mean, we're in freaking Orange County. Like I it's it's yeah. very far removed from rural nature. But <laughs> I think I, everything s- is I saw nowadays. so many people outside, mm. so many people when mm. most of the time people are stuck office in their office vitamin d deficient yeah you know like not getting sunlight they're just mm-hmm. it, it was just an interesting thought i think i wrote it down on my phone um the actual quote or the note that i put but mm-hmm. i i remember just walking and being like There's so many people out i've never seen this many people outside yeah maybe on the weekends when I people mean, have that yeah. free saturday sunday walking the dog i
1: mean like that's all they got this, you know because like everything shut down. Well, I mean at the time everything like was shut down, like all yeah. the bars and all the restaurants. So I'm literally people like would just go to the beach. Or I sure as it
0: was. Yeah. I remember when they shut it down. I was definitely one of the people contributing to those yeah. those pictures, kind of thick with people in Orange County beaches and whatnot. But yeah. I heard a lot of them were doctored just for clickbait yeah. type stuff. And I remember being there. Yeah. It was kind of crowded when it opened, but it wasn't that bad. And then Newsom, Newsom shut it down without contacting the mayor of uh, Newport. I Newport, think? Yeah, people still came out anyway. <laughs> it didn't really matter. Yeah. But
1: uh, I know the cops are probably – I think the cops like, talked about it. They said that they weren't going to enforce it.
0: Yeah, I think they still had some sort of – like a They had like they a were, barrier. Yeah, that they, they were like doing some stuff, there. but they're uh, – that's that's a whole nother conversation of um the mental health effects of covid and mm-hmm. you know yeah. cuz i remember sitting in on sophia's who works for OCTA mm-hmm. um sophia is one of ben and i's close friends she was sitting in on one of the meetings with the mayor and city council members and they were saying that they had like six, six or seven cases in the huge Hogue hospital down there in Newport. But that their main concern, this was dealing with uh, the beaches being forced to close. Their main concern was mental health, because like I said, very few cases like people with COVID that were in beds, you know, like severe enough to do that. Their main problem was people calling in complaining of depression and like, suicide and mental health aspects Mm -hmm. to where they're like, we don't want the beaches closed. He was, he was basically projecting that it's going to cause more damage closing the beaches. Cause right now we are getting a lot of complaints and Mm -hmm. concerns with mental health, not COVID. Yeah. And by virtue of trying to protect the people closing down the beaches to minimize COVID. Yeah. You're increasing all these mental health issues. Yeah. I just thought that was fascinating. I'm like, I think these mm-hmm. these main, the governor and, and these people that have a disconnect from the actual mm-hmm. complexities of these individual cities need to leave it to city officials to do what's best for their city. And for example, in Newport, the mayor, was he was disappointed that Newsom didn't contact him mm-hmm. and have that conversation. What do you think's best? He kind of just put down those executive orders and... Yeah, there's okay. no like there's no
1: dialogue anymore. Everyone's just kind of like just kinda of doing what they think is best without like consulting with another party. I mean that I mean that's common like nowadays. Yeah. Everyone, I mean look at the politics with the Democrats and the Republicans, no one can come to a conclusion. I think with the with with like the stimulus bill, like no one no one could come like, together. They were when they wanted to do an extension for the mm-hmm. for, like the stimulus package or something like that, they um it was just like they would just keep going back at it. They're like, uh, like we want this, we want it's this,
0: dude. It's so bipartisan. It's or I'm yeah. sorry, it's part. Of, they're not agreeing on it. Yeah,
1: it, we. I mean, like we need those discussions so that we can find a middle ground. I mean, there's always gonna be um, a middle ground, and you're you're only gonna get your most objective. View from the the other person, like you're never gonna get a truly objective view from the people on your side. They're just kind of confirm confirming your like beliefs. I mean exactly. that was in that was in uh, the laws of human nature. Like the way to fight the the law of uh, irrationality was to find opposing viewpoints that disconfirm yours. That's where you'll get the most accurate view.
0: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. The way it's treated with like such a team like sport. Mm-hmm. Like you're Democrat or Republican, and it's me versus you. Mm. It's so important to have your beliefs, be passionate, but be willing to change. Like you want to listen to the other side to find that that middle ground, because that's usually where the truth lies, you know. Mm. And if you're constantly surrounding yourself with people that just agree with you and agree with you, uh, that's not that's not gonna help the nation that's so diverse and has so many different viewpoints you want you want to find that that balance between checking your own views sometimes you know yeah i mean
1: and this doesn't mean like go out and like argue like with other people because sometimes i mean some people just are not open like to change i mean you can only help so many people and and like only people who are open to the information and are willing to listen, like to you can be helped because most, most of the time people are just arguing, trying to fight their side and they're not open to anything. So it's got to pick your battles. I mean, that's a lot of, you know, just being smart about things.
0: Pick your battles. I know. I agree. I I hope that, um, through podcasts and open form conversations that people develop that skill of not being so emotionally triggered and charged and letting the facts speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Just being less biased when interpreting different situations and just trying to get to a place of a place of true equality Mm -hmm. and recognizing that we're, we're all under the same flag. If you're here, I think the flag stands for that—that that mm-hmm. platform where true change can be can be um, created. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about like fuck the flag. I, I get people's experiences are different and might not mean what it does to me, just mm-hmm. based on history and whatnot. Yeah, but I, I think the Constitution and are our nation in general gives us the people the opportunity to, to create that true change. Yeah. And j- just really, I, I just, I want, I do try to do this as, as much as possible and I want other people to to just mm-hmm. to develop that skill of not being so emotionally triggered when dealing with these complex issues. Mm-hmm. Let's just try to do what's best for everyone, hold people accountable, Um, we all need to be a part of the conversation and we can't, we can't perpetuate cancel culture and, and, uh, people need to have a path for redemption. If they've made mistakes in the past and they're trying to change for the better instead of just canceling that person out forever, let's try to form true equality. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, you know, Yeah, the cancel culture is not productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah, I get very uneasy, you know, like um, their movement's very good. I I think like they're they're calling a lot of people out who are doing bad things, which I think is great. Like we need those people who are out there, but um, it's kind of like that moderation. It's like, where is it necessary? When is it not like necessary? You know, what could be solved with a direct private conversation with an individual and when does it need to be publicized and called out on like social media you know so um uh, that's just my deal like i like to do just address problems like that like if someone's treating someone wrong i'll do it in private but if it needs to be solved like publicly like it is what it is but but you're seeing like nowadays it's almost like a mob mentality like they're 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 going to swarm on someone who's made a mistake and whether it is it it was called for or not. I mean, that person deserves a chance to, you know,
0: yeah, there's, there's different levels to to crimes, obviously. And, um, certain people do deserve to be punished and put in prison and people need to be held accountable, but people do need to have that path for redemption and forgiveness. Uh, That's at least my belief. Yeah. I I think that creates a more forgiving, Uh, Free society where people aren't scared to speak their minds because they're not afraid of getting canceled You know, it it takes one post one comment or and then it it just spreads like wildfire Yeah, and that this is something that we're all dealing with that's very it's unprecedented. Mm -hmm. You know, we've never had the ability for the common folk for that individual to interact with so many other people not just in your community but your country and around the world When before it was manipulated by mainstream media and uh, very few organizations that had that kind of pull, Mm. now we all have the ability to interact with millions of people online, you know? And I think, I mean, I'm just an optimistic person Mm -hmm. in general, but I think we're dealing with these unprecedented times on an unprecedented platform, I, I, I think over time we'll figure it out. I hope we get to a place of true equality. Just becoming so. more more literate on, on how to interact with people online. Yeah, like Even when you're texting or dropping a comment, it, there's the disconnect to where... Yeah. There's so many nuances that are aren't picked up unless you're sitting across from someone having a face-to-face conversation. Where these keyboard warriors or are, are dropping stuff that they would never say to someone in person. Yeah. I think I think there's um I mean they've
1: I, I forgot what book I read that was about it, but they talked about like the mirror like neurons. It's almost like the compassion neurons that like when you're face to face you you can actually sympathize like with the other person. I think being over like a like a tablet, like those neurons aren't like firing. So like you don't have that same like compassion. As though like if you're talking to them face to face, but um, they only work if you're talking to someone who you think is on your side. Really? So that's why like a lot of times too, like people would still argue with someone who thinks is attacking them. So it's almost like you like you have to talk to someone. You're you're talking to their emotional brain first, and then it opens like the door to like let the walls down.
0: You know what I mean? Like you build trust. Yeah. I feel like if you're if you're a good communicator, yeah. That uh, you, you want the trust there. Mm-hmm. And then you could start finding more common ground on issues that might be very polarizing and you might completely disagree, but it's okay to disagree and mm-hmm. that's the balancing act, is figuring out what's my opinion, what's your opinion, mm-hmm. let's find the middle ground. Yeah. And then perpetuate that balance, you know. Mm-hmm. But then there's sometimes it's so complex because the, there's people hold certain beliefs that don't deserve th- to be held true or shouldn't be in the public sphere because they're dangerous and obviously that's an extreme. I think most people want what's best and yeah, that's uh, that's why we're having these conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be many debates to be had on this. Mm. I th- I know I'm going to have heated conversations with people that uh, necessarily. Um, I don't agree with or they don't agree with me. And that's totally fine. I'm open to that. And I want to hear their perspective and I want to give them a platform. Mm -hmm. My main goal is to have people's voices heard. I want to give, I want to give people that platform to speak their mind, whether I agree with it or not. And that that's only going to help bridge that gap between people being scared to speak their minds you know, know. That this is going to be an open platform for those conversations. Mm. That's, that's why I wanted to have you on, you know? Thanks. But, all right. I think, uh, we're going to start wrapping this up. I'm, I'm very appreciative of you being on, man. You're, mm. uh, you're one of my best friends and just watching your growth, my growth, us growing together mm-hmm. and, uh, I'm so excited for the future. I'm so optimistic. Uh, I mean, if you maintain that love for life and just try to improve yourself and your own life and have a positive effect on other people, I mean, I think that's what it's all about. And the future's bright, bro. We're still a couple young. young men. Yeah. Many many years to go, but mm-hmm. this is just the beginning. I know for your career, and i'm excited thanks for um thanks for sharing like personal stories about growing up in your past and Mm -hmm. you being able to overcome as a young man the rug being pulled from under your feet yeah i'm i'm sure there's so many similar cases where people spiral out of control maybe that one single event created a plethora of of terrible outcomes you know yeah but you reflected you actively thought about your life and your internal feelings and you listened to advice from professors and friends and mm-hmm. and here you are now man so yeah anything that, anything going on in your life that you want to tell the people people before we get out of here oh man i'm pretty pretty basic
1: i like to keep my my life pretty simple um but i mean i hope that what I shared, help somebody out there, maybe got a nugget of nugget of wisdom out of that. I'm not a smart guy, but I...
0: Yes, you are. You humble-ass yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> I do my best, but, no. uh, but
1: thanks for having me. I, this is good talk.
0: Yeah, man. All right. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. And uh, with that being said, talking goes a long way. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.